0: Embrace and forgive Then the usual epilogue occurs Where one lies weeping Which the other hates All that I had gotten I deserved I now saw this And though I had self-contempt For my own deep pain I lay drained in bed Like the same carapace I had made of others Till my turn came again I could not live the heavy agonies I felt For the fatherless wanderings of my sons But some sorrows are like stones They never melt This is Poet on Song And my name is Mariama Antoine Welcome back to the podcast that proposes to love a poet with you and accompany them with great music. And today, it is the Nobel Prize-winning Derek Walcott that will explore... In Shakespeare's Anthony and Cleopatra, when Caesar learns that Mark Anthony has died, he says, the breaking of so great a thing should make a greater crack. The world round should have shook lions into civil streets and citizens to their dens. And that's how I feel about the death of Sir Derek Walcott, which virtually went unnoticed. Now, this may have to do with the man and the sexual allegations leveled at him at the end of his career. But whatever he may not have been as a man, the integral brilliance of his craft bears witness to the huge contribution he's made to the world of literature. He is, in my mind, without a doubt, the great poet of the late 20th century. His is a mellifluous song, a voice of such breath and longing, perhaps a longing to right old wrongs, as he says. In any case, he enshrines an entire people and truth beyond all confabulation so that we, precious hearer, may come to know how they came to be who they are now. And Walcott's sun-dusted epic Omero's, Homer rides the crest of a history where Helen of Troy is of the West Indies. Helen of the West Indies, also known as St. Lucia, but personified in the haughty defiance of a stunning black maid. Achilles and Hector, valiant fishermen in love with the same woman. I'll read you from Amaro's in a bit. This is from the last chapter of Amaro's, because, well, it says it all. I sing of quiet Achilles, Ashil, Afolabi's son, who never ascended in an elevator, who had no passport since the horizon needs none, never begged nor borrowed, was nobody's waiter, whose end when it comes will be a death by water, which is not for this book, and will remain unknown and unread by him. I sing the only slaughter that brought him the light, and that, from necessity, a fish. Sing the channels of his back in the sun. I sing our wide country, the Caribbean seas, who hated shoes, whose soles were as cracked as a stone, who was gentle with ropes, who had one suit alone, who no men dared to insult, and who insulted? No one, whose grin was a white breaker cresting and whose frown was a growing thunderhead, whose fist of iron would do me a greater honor if it held on to my casket orlock than mine lifting his own when both anchors are lowered in the one island. But now the idol dies, the goblet is broken, and rainwater trickles down the brown cheek of a jar from the clay of Choiselle. So much left unspoken by my trooping nib And my earth door lies ajar I lie wrap in flower sack sail The clouds thud on my rope-lowered canoe Rasping shovels scrape a dry rain of dirt on its hold But turn your head when the sea almond rattles Or the rusted leaves grape with the shells of my unphoronic pyramid towards papers shredded by the wind and scattered like white gulls that separate their names from the foam, and nod to a fisherman with his khaki dog that skitters from the wave crash, then frowns at his form for one swift second. And the earth throat, my peregrine, and its brass-handled oarlock is sailing, not from, but with them, with Hector with Maud in the rhythms of her beds trowled over, with a swilling log lifting its mossed head from the swell. Let the deep hem of the Caribbeans continue my epilogue. May waves remove their shawls as my mourners walk home to their rusted villages, good shoes in one hand. Passing a boy who walked through the ignorant foam and saw a sail go out or else come in and watched. Asterisks of rain puckering the sand. Someone has to tell that story. That wounded and forgotten tale of the oppressed so that men like Achilles, as would live forever. More often than not, I'm moved by how boundless his love of the people is. And because he loves them so well, so intimately, we get understanding, we get insight, we get truth. And invariably out of that truth arises a compassion that itself embraces the entire human experience so it's gorgeous and it is not necessarily because of the erudition driving the depth of his scope no what gives pause and therefore relish is the sensitivity with which he images and translates collective pain it's the pain of all those who have lost what can never, ever be found again.
1: Estando na irmida Frente ao altar Cercaram-me as ondas
0: of his seafaring St. Lucia, Philoctetes, Philoctetes, the Greek hero, this wounded fisherman cannot fish, the pain in his leg having become incurable. So, it is life without the sea. Ah, the strain of that life. And because he is black and because he is poor, his pain has a peculiar scent, a particular feeling. It locks at specific points and, most notably, at the root of his story. <laughs>
1: No
0: Here is the scene. Mais qui c'est qui vaut what is wrong with you, Faluctetes? I am blessed with this womb, Makilman. Kipaka, j'ai pièce, which will never heal. Well, you must take it easy. Go home and lie down. Give the foot a little rest. dead, his trousers legs rolled up, stares out to sea from the worn rum shop window. The itch and the sore Tingles like the tendrils of an anemone and the puff blisters of Portuguese men-of-war. He believed the swelling came from the chained ankles of his grandfathers, or oh, else why was there no cure, that the cross he carried was not only the anchors but that of his race, for a village black and poor as the pigs that rooted in its burning garbage and there were hook on the anchors of the abattoir. Makilman was sewing. She looked up and saw his face squinting from the white of the street. He was waiting to pass out on the table. This went on for days. The eyes turned to warm water near, the self-hating gesture of clenching his head tight and both hands. She heard the boys in blue uniforms going to school, screaming at his elbow, Philo! Philosophie! A mummy embalmed in Vaseline and alcohol. In the Egyptian silence, she muttered softly, It have a flower somewhere, a medicine, and ways my grandmother would boil it. I used to watch ants climbing her flower pot, but God, in which place? Where was this root? <laughs>
1: And the
0: Filipe pain is deep and as quiet and meaningless as rat's feet over broken glass. That's not mine, that's T.S. And because he is powerless, he takes out his rage on the only thing available to him his yam garden. Hear about what he massacres and how he comes to peace. These are the only ruins left here by history, if history is what they are. The twisted logwoods are orange from sea blast. Above them, stands a surprising cactus. Philoctet lamped to his yam garden there. He passed through the estate shuddering, cradling his cutlass, bayed at by brown knotted sheep repeating his name. Bah! Filoctet. Here, in the Atlantic wind, the almonds bent evenly like a candle flame. The thought of candles brought his own death to mind. The wind turned the yam leaves like maps of Africa, their veins bled white. As Philoctet, hobbling, went between the yam beds like a patient growing weaker down a hospital ward. His skin was a nettle, his head a market of ants. He heard the crabs groan from arthritic pincers, he felt the mole cricket drill the sore to the bone. His knee was radiant iron, his chest a sack of ice, and behind the bars of his rusted teeth, like a mongoose in a cage, a scream was mad to come out. His tongue tickled its claws at the hoof of his mouth, rattling its bars in rage. He saw the blue smoke from the yard, the bamboo poles weighed down by nets, the floating feathers of the priests, when cutlass cut smoke. When cocks surprise their arseholes by shitting eggs, he cursed. black people gonna get a rest from God. At which point, a fierce cluster of arrows targeted the sore, and he screamed and the yam rose. He stretched out the foot. He edged the razor-sharp steel completing finger and thumb. The yam leaves recoiled in a cold sweat. He hacked everyone at the heel. He hacked them at the heel, noticing how they curled head down without their roots and cursed the yams. Salah, you will see what it's like without roots in this world. And sobbed, his head down and the slaughtered leaves. For as long as it takes A single drop To dry on the wax of a dashing leaf Philoctet lay his pebble spine On the hot earth Watching the sky Altering white continents With its geography He would ask God's pardon. Over the quiet bay, the grass smelt good and the wind changed beautifully. Next, he heard warriors rushing towards battle, but it was the wind lifting the dead yams, the rattle of a palm shaken spears, herdsmen hying cattle who set out to found no cities. They were the found. Who were bound for no victories, they were the bound. Who leveled nothing before them, they were the ground. He would be the soul of patience. Like an old horse stamping one hoof in a pasture, rattling its mane or switching its tail, as flies keep circling its sores. If a horse can endure affliction, so can man. That intersection between collective history and personal story is where I bow very low to Derek Walcott's genius. The pain of the vanquish is collective and therefore unites because it is built by the same bricks of subjugation so that all sufferers are united in pain by the history of pain. Here's another passage from Amaro's where collective history and personal story interact. It is written in the voice of anemones who themselves play the role of bearded elders, griot, African storyteller, and in an island that has become a vacation spot, one of the many in the Caribbeans, and whose identity seems to be defined by, and I quote Walcott here, the blue reflections of eyes that have known cities and think us happy here. It is incredible what he bestows upon the people, as if to say, here, waiter, a cleaning lady of a five-star hotel, here, here is your story. We were the color of shadows when we came down with tinkling leg irons to join the chains of the sea for the silver coins multiplying on the sold horizon. And these shadows are reprinted now on the white sand of antipodal coasts, your ashen ancestor from the Bight of Benin, from the margin of Guinea. There were seeds in our stomachs, and the crackling pods of our skulls on the scorching deaths, the tubers withered in no time. We watch as the river gods change from snakes into currents. When inspected, our eyes shone dried fawns in their brown irises, and from our curved spine the rib cages radiated like fronds from a palm branch. Then when the dead palms were heaved Overside, the rib Corpses floated, riding To the white sand They remembered To the bite of Benin To the margin of Guinea So when you see burnt Branches riding the swell Trying to reclaim the surf Through crooked fingers After a night of rough when By some stone white hotel Past the bright Triangular passage of the windsurfers. Remember us to the black waiter bringing the bill. essence to Walcott, this Nobel Prize winner, this university professor whose references are Milton, Shakespeare, and the Bible, this child of both Caribbean and European descent, his voice carries with it the power of traditional male Western genius, but it is used to tell the story of the vanquished through sheer amplitude A verse, and it is long-suffering and beautiful. Blood at the root
2: Black bodies swinging in the southern Three
0: By Derek Walcott, A Far Cry from Africa. Walcott's response to the Mau Mau uprisings in Kenya, where native fought the English for eight years. A wind is ruffling the tawny pelt of Africa. Kikuyu, quick as flies, batten upon the bloodstream of this veld. Corpses are scattered through a paradise. Only the worm, kernel of carrion cries, wastes no compassion on these separate dead. Statistics justify scholars seize the salient of colonial policy. But what is that to the white child hacked in bed, to savages expandable as Jews? Threshed out by beaters, the long rushes break and a white dust of ibises whose cries have wheeled since civilization's dawn. From the parched river to the beast-teeming plain, the violence of beast on beast is read as natural law. But upright man seeks his divinity by inflicting pain. Delirious as these worried beasts His wars dance to the carcass of a drum While he calls courage still That native dread of the white peace Contracted by the dead Again, brutish necessity Wipes its hands upon the napkin Of a dirty cause Again, a waste of our compassion As with Spain The gorilla wrestles with the superman And I who am poisoned with the blood of both, where shall I turn, divided to the vain? I, who have cursed the drunken officer of British rule, how choose between this Africa and the English tongue I love? Betray them both or gave back what they gave? How can I face such slaughter and be cool? How can I turn from Africa and live this is where we end this has been Poet on Song and my name is Mariama Antoine the music on this podcast was created by Draven Gasparian and Nuru Kane the soulful voices that you have heard are those of Amelia Rodriguez and Arachet Rokia Troare. I hope that you'll stay tuned as and I explore next maternelle. the romantic mysticism of that Ta great Austrian poet, Rena Maria Rilka. See you then
2: se foncer à l'arme aux alentours